This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and what's the money on it, Haas? It is your boy, Memphis, at DFF Memphis, and you are listening to the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and I'm not doing this thing alone. Uh, he's here with me. You know, we had a little bonus on Tuesday, Tuesday the 28th of May, as you're listening to this. It was a little IDP bonus with Dan Cook of the IDP Edge Crushers. There was no man of the hour, no man of the power, but uh, you do know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is going on, sir? Ah, startups. Yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. Startups, startups startups everywhere this is we'll talk more about this in the body of the podcast with our guests frank and jim but man i i can't do it how do you handle a slow draft uh i pick quickly so here's the thing we are in a podcast league which we are going to talk about later i won't get into too much detail randy is like me though randy is not about waiting around for you to take 12 hours to make your pick and that is how i am i i if if we're gonna make a deal let's make a deal if we're not making a deal get the hell up get the hell on let's go next guy and and there's a special place in hell for people who spend four and a half hours volleying trades back and forth and i'm all about that trade action boss love it Love a good bit of trade action, but I'm, there's a special place in hell if you are volleying trades back and forth for four and a half hours to finally get a trade done, and then put that damn pick put it on a block. Put it on the block. <laughs> I want to. I want. I, I want to crawl through the phone, through Twitter, and I want to strangle that person, strangle them, strangle them, strangle them. But Jerry, just real quick before we get into uh, before we get into the news, we got a little bit of uh, business time, so let's do some business. Business. Now, Dan, on this day right here, we're going to start taking care of business. And that's right. We are brought to you by Trophy Smack. Love Trophy Smack. Use the promo code DWZRING and get a free ring up to a $59.99 value with the purchase of any trophy. Uh, we've talked about these guys before. There's a link in whatever podcast feed you're listening to. If you just click on the details in the show document, there's a link to Trophy Smack. Just click on it. It'll take you right there. Even if you're not you know, ready to buy, you know, it's just now the 1st of June-ish. If you're not ready to buy, go over there and check them out. They've got the, uh, the revolving topper where the top part of the trophy comes off for each league winner to keep. You just buy a new topper, and the base travels around from winner to winner to winner. They've got gag trophies. They've got all kinds of cool stuff. But remember, if you buy any trophy and use that promo code, again, D-W-Z-RING, and they'll send you a free ring. And you can pocket that dude until the season's over. Take it to work. You know, get, get a chain and wear it around your neck like, uh, like Flava Flav wore a clock. But, uh, Jerry, uh, you going to get any Trophy Smack trophies for any of your leagues, like maybe your old school home league? Because that's the one I'm eyeballing, my old school uh, home league. 
Yeah, and the thing I like about it is with the rings. So I, I don't usually like to change the toppers on my trophy. I like one trophy, and if you are the champion, that is the trophy you get, and you can Snapchat me pictures of you eating cereal with it or you know in the bathroom because uh, we all have degenerate friends. I'm one of those degenerate friends, and that's when I send pictures of my trophy to trash talk. But let's say you lose that trophy. You know, some horrible, awful, treacherous deed has happened, and you have not won the championship this year. If you can get a ring that says, you know, I was the champion in 2017 or I was the champion in 2018, they cannot take that away from you, Randy. That is yours. That is in your soul. That is on your body. And anytime any league mate wants to run that mouth that hasn't won a trophy and doesn't have a ring, guess who's got one? That's right. You don't you don't want to be Charles Barkley. You don't want to be Dan Marino running around without that ring. So so go to Trophy Smack, use the promo code DWZ ring and get yourself uh, a little ring to go with your trophy. But, uh, Jerry, let's get into some news. Let's do it. This is the news. All right. First bit of news, and this one set the uh, the world of Twitter on fire. I think it was Sunday because we had a – it lit up the Goat League chats. Uh, you and me and Nate and some of the guys. Uh, Jay Glazer reports that the Rams have real concern about Todd Gurley's knee internally. Jerry, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Yeah, because it was me and you that got into it a little bit, Randy. Uh, we, we typically agree, but on this one, we don't. But I'll let you go first. I Listen, I that report was nothing for me. Obviously, something is wrong with Todd Gurley. You don't give the man a handful of carries. I don't know exactly what he got in the Super Bowl, but you don't give that man the little bit that he got, and he's okay. That's, just, that's not reality. Something was wrong. Something is most likely clearly wrong with all these reports coming out. Not going to disagree with that. This man signed the biggest, longest running back contract 10 months ago. And I am not ready to put Daryl Henderson as some giant thorn in his side. Maybe, maybe he's, like I said in the chat, 60% of Todd Gurley. That still puts him at 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's an RB1. Now, is he top three startup like he has been? No, clearly not. So if you want to get out of the Todd Gurley train, I will never fault you for that. It is probably a plus move. But if you go out there and do something stupid, like you think he's just going to be done next year, that I cannot get behind that. I will never get behind that because I don't see it. He's only 24. Yes, he's got 75-year-old knees. I've heard it a thousand times. They pay that man too much money to not give him the ball. He is going to get the ball. He is going to be productive with it. Even last year in the playoffs, he was hurt. First round of the playoffs, he got, what, 16 carries, 100 and some yards. So he was even productive at points last year, just not as consistent as we've liked to see from someone you took as the number one overall pick. Randy, fire back, my friend. Well, all your points are valid, and and you know I, I am not take lock Jones. I am DFF Memphis, and if you present me with new information, I will pivot and change my mind. There's no point in just digging your heels in for the sake of digging your heels in. I was listening to Reggie Bush today on another non you know dynasty or fantasy podcast, but he said every NFL player has arthritis. Every NFL player is playing through pain. And that got me to thinking that, you know what, maybe I was a little too dug in on Todd Gurley the other night in our chat, but I'm still going to say this. The Rams, would you agree, are a Super Bowl contender and have Super Bowl aspirations? Absolutely. 
Do you see Todd Gurley getting a major workload anytime before, say, October, November? No, probably not. Probably not. They're probably going to lean a little bit more on Malcolm Brown, a little bit more on rookie they just brought in that they traded up to get Daryl Henderson. Will Todd Gurley still get the goal line work? Absolutely. I mean, why would you not? He's been one of the best goal line backs in all of the NFL. But I really think that these guys are going to cut into his receptions a bit. They're going to cut into his work. And maybe he starts a game, but he is going to be a guy that's going to be a pain in the butt to own. So again, what do we do? We do not panic sell. We do not go out and give Todd Gurley away for peanuts. We do not go out and trade Darius Geis straight up for Daryl Henderson. You wait. You wait. And and you remain calm. But no... To your point about his contract, yeah, they owe him a crap ton of money. And he's going to be a Ram at least through this year and probably 2020. I can't guarantee 2020 because the cap will continue to go up and they've got to pay golf at some point. But at the end of the day, I still like Todd Gurley. If I can find a panicked owner and I can get him at a reasonable price, sure, I'd love to have him. But I'm not proactively looking to draft him in a startup, which we're going to talk about tonight or looking to pay quote-unquote market value, which is, you know, like like, like the 15th overall. I'm not doing it. But no, I, and I'm not going to do that either. But, I tried, I sent out an offer of Leonard Fournette and Sammy Watkins. Now, I am not a Sammy Watkins truther. There are people out there that will listen and think I'm absurd that I would ever do that. But I'm not a Sammy guy. So I sent that, and the owner, rightfully so in my opinion, told me to go F off, which, good for him. Hey, you know what? You, you probably deserved it. Yeah, you, you, you definitely deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on to another running back. And it's been reported that Tevin Coleman of the San Francisco 49ers has been getting the lion's share of the work in 49ers OTAs. And I was like, really? Probably because Matt Bereda, who I think will end up being the 49ers running back to own, is out with a partially torn peck. Raheem Mostert, the guy who came in and filled in a little bit in the middle of the season last year, waiver wire darling Raheem Mostert, basically had to have the forearm that he had surgically repaired, had to have a bit of a redo, and Jarek McKinnon's not been cleared for OTAs, so uh, kind of a last man standing situation. They brought Tevin Coleman in for a reason. He knows the Shanahan offense. I, I still don't trust him, and I would still rather have Breda at his cost, but what, what are you thinking? I mean, I mean... It's kind of like a duh, no kidding, Tevin Coleman getting all the workload. He's the only one healthy. Yeah, I would love to expand on what you just said, but I got nothing. I mean, that is, he is the healthy one, and you brought him in. So, I mean, clearly you wanted him, and he's healthy, and he's the only guy that's really healthy. Obviously, he's going to get that workload right now. When it comes to week one, you want to trust any of them? I mean, I, honestly, really. I, I they're all going to be relatively cheap because we're all worried about them. So in redraft leagues, they'll they'll be later round picks, and I'll take a shot on a couple. But I promise you, by you know week four, week five, if I don't see my guy getting a hefty workload, see ya. I'll, I'll take the the new hotness. I, I would I would just based off you know some redraft ADP. I would much rather have Matt Breda in redraft this year than than Tevin Coleman. I think that he'll be drafted off a of name value. You'll see a lot of the magazines and fantasy guides that you can buy online like our friend 
Jason from the FF Ballers. You know, they, they do the uh, Ultimate Draft Kit. And I'm sure that people who buy that thing and, and use that thing, and rightfully so for redraft, you know, th- they'll probably overdraft Tevin Coleman a bit. So I'd rather have Breda at what I think his cost will be. And another guy whose ADP has been rising over the last, I don't know, six-ish weeks ever since he became a New Orleans Saint is Jared Cook. Uh, continues to impress in OTAs for the Saints uh, to the point to where Drew Brees is talking him up. And their tight ends coach, former Miami Dolphins interim head coach Dan Campbell, has been talking about designing some plays specifically for Cook, uh, reminiscent of the days of Jimmy Graham. Now, we all know it's May, and coaches lie a lot in, <laughs> in May. But Jared Cook had a, a bit of a career last year in, in a wreck of an offense in Oakland. Um, 32 years old, so by tight end standards, he's got plenty of good years left. And, and I like Jared Cook. Well, you and I will talk about this when we get into the body of the, the podcast with our guests. But you and I drafted Jared Cook in a tight end premium league as, a, as what we, we would consider a super bridge. Uh, a, a tight end that we think can bridge us because we also drafted TJ Hawkinson, who everyone knows I'm a big fan of. But I, I think Jared Cook will be a great super bridge, give us a year, if not two, in a tight end premium league with the Saints. Uh, big fan here. Where are you at with Cook? Obviously, you uh, you listened to me. Yeah, uh, I was happy. Like I, like I said in the text when you asked about Jared Cook, I said, you don't got to convince me because Randy, Randy does his due diligence. I promise you people, if you ever get the chance to co-own a team with Randy, that man does work. There is a reason he is sitting here and there's a reason he is on every podcast in this community because he deserves to be. But uh, like I said, you don't you don't have to convince me because I have been taking Jared Cook in every damn startup I can get my hands on because he is cheap, because he is good, and Drew Brees is good. And I like good players in good systems with good quarterbacks. And I, I have him in two leagues, and they're both tight end premium. And he's a great guy to own because if he does what I think he'll do, because the reason why I like him so much is if you watch down the stretch from the Dallas Cowboys game against the Saints, that from that point on, that offense did not look the same. They were not ripping it up because when you strip it all down, the nuts and bolts of it, that that that, that team has two really viable pieces in the receiving game. You got Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I mean, Traquan Smith's not ready for prime time. Um, Ted Ginn's way past prime time. And, 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 and that leaves a guy like Jared Cook. And he's a great piece to have right now. If you have him on your roster, you know, you, you hit the, the dynasty lottery. Because if you're not a contender, you wait. Tight end, someone's going to get hurt, whether it's Evan Ingram or whoever. Doesn't matter. You pick someone at random. I don't want to put any negative juju out there on anyone. But you just wait. And he's a guy that, that you'll be able to flip. Uh, I put it out in the uh, UDPL that I was, you know, looking to move him potentially. I've got a lot of tight ends in that league, and I got several, several inquiries. So Jared Cook is a, is a great piece to own and use information like this to sell, but don't sell low. Uh, another guy that uh, good news has, you know, happened upon is a Jerry's favorite. Leonard Fournette will continue to be the feature piece of the Jags offense. Jerry, does that excite you? I, it doesn't surprise me as long as Leonard Fournette plays Leonard Fournette gets a huge workload and is usually generally productive with it. The problem that makes us all want to snap our laptops over our knees is because he just doesn't, or sometimes he does some stupid thing and violates a rule and misses a game. 
Yeah, it's it's like Alshon Jeffrey a few years ago. You know, he, he pulls a hamstring and you got to worry about the damn hamstring for a month. And, and that's what happens with Leonard Fournette. You just don't know if he's going to go. So if you got him, you want Armstead, Ryquil Armstead, the rookie. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll get work. And, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get all the work. I think Armstead will will cut into that a little bit. Uh, but I don't think he's as talented as TJ Yeldon was, believe it or not. Um, so yeah, I do like Leonard Fournette. I've, when he plays, he's good. I don't, I will continue to say that until the end of time because he has been good. And when you get 25 carries for fantasy, I like you a lot, but dude, stay on the field. Here's what I'll tell you. All that I need to see about Leonard Fournette improved quarterback situation. I still like the wide receivers there. I really like DD Westbrook. I'm not ready to throw Keelan Cole on the trash heap. And they have a DJ Baby Chark still there floating around. See what I did mm-hmm. there? Floating around. He's a shark. Anyway. Um, but but the one thing I want to see about Leonard Fournette is I want to see how he reports to camp. I want to know what he weighs. I, I want to know what he looks like. <laughs> you don't want to see Eddie Lacy come out? I, I, I want to I see a guy who shows up around 225, 222, 25, looking lean and mean. If he shows up at 240 looking fluffy, I'm out. I'll be watching the day. I have a. I don't remember the day. I have it in my phone. Whatever day they open up camp in Jacksonville, I will be dialed in to that beat reporter. And if he shows up fluffy, I'm instantly putting that dude on the block. I'm because that that tells me all I need to know. His contract's not guaranteed. His money's not guaranteed. And if this dude can't show up in place ready to ball. I'm out. I, that's all I need to know, and I'll look to get out for uh, before before the news gets out. How about that? So I want to get this wrapped up because we do have guests awaiting. Uh, Jalen uh, Sanders and Benny Snell, are they real threats to James Conner's role, Jerry? It came out yeah. this week that uh, that Pittsburgh, for the first time ever, could be a, a bit of an RBBC. I don't buy that, but I'm also a James Conner guy. I I like James Conner. Like, uh, I don't understand how we're seeing things where he didn't do an excellent job in that offense. And the way he was in the passing game, clearly Ben Roethlisberger has faith in him. You know, he didn't get Ben Roethlisberger killed. He played all 16 games, and that's, you know, a rarity as he's gotten older. I have never been a huge Jalen Samuels fan. He was productive in the little bit of a role that he had. Benny Snell. I really liked Benny Snell at Kentucky, uh, but he's Jordan Howard. He's one of those guys, you know, he'll bang a little bit. He might take a few touchdowns a la like LeGarrette Blunt, just, you know, vulture, vulture a little bit. Uh, what was the guy in Carolina back a few years ago? Big guy used to do that too. Um, but th- that's all I, I got from him. Fozzie, Fozzie Whitaker. Thank you. Thank you. There was, was another guy too. Ball. There was another guy too that, yeah, they, yeah. they were, they were, uh, uh, just two big old hefty fellas, uh, bowling ball. And my, my concern here is that you know J- James Conner was a, th- a third round pick, if I remember correctly. I'm nervous. You know, Jalen Samuels, uh, former coach in college, is now a member of that coaching staff. Benny Snell's looked okay. He's a he's a beast in his own right. 
That that would be my fear. I'm, again, we don't panic sell. We don't have enough information to make a Handcuff rational. Handcuff your guys. That's what I can say. If, if you can get Benny Snell cheap, I've seen him going in the fourth, fifth round of rookie drafts. If you can get him and, and you want to lock him up just to, to make it safe, I don't blame you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you a little bit of good news because I feel like that we're like harping. You know, like like we always bring doom and gloom. Some good news coming especially out, especially on running backs. Especially on running backs. So I, I got some good news on both a running back. And a wide receiver. It was reported that both these guys would be, you know, limited but ready for camp. But both of them have been full participants in OTAs, and that's Devonta Freeman and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Freeman missed a bunch of games last year, and Hilton uh, put up good numbers on a high ankle sprain. But to see these guys already participating in May out there, you know, the offense is being installed. I find that to be a bit exciting, and that's good news, Jerry. Yeah, these are two guys that seem like they just love football. Like they love being relevant in football. That's a great way to put it, dude. That's a fantastic way to put it. You just, you don't hear anything bad about them. It's just working, working, working. And that's what I like. That's, I mean, when it comes to redraft season, I am going to have so much T.Y. Hilton and Devonta Freeman. It's going to make my head spin. So if they fall on their face, I'm falling on my face, but I will fall on my face for those guys. Let's go. So I said this it was the very first podcast when I took over the hosting duties before you were the official co-host. And I said, you know, Devonta Freeman's got that dog in him. And I don't mean D-O-G. I mean D-A-W-G. That guy's nasty. If you said, hey, you know what, dude, show up Tuesday night in July. We're going to play a game, you know, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome down in New Orleans. There's no money. There's no fans. We're just playing football, full pads. We're getting after it. Devonta Freeman shows up. He shows up. He's ready to play, and he's going to go headlong into people as fast as he can. Uh, they, they they drafted some young linemen for him. I'm really excited for Devonta Freeman. I just traded for him uh, again in the UDPL with uh, Izzy Alcafas of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I sent him the aforementioned Darius Geis, and in return, I got Freeman and Marvin Jones. Uh, my wide receiver core took a bit of a hit with the. Uh, I guess I'm assuming. Tyreek Hill's going to uh, get that uh, slap on the wrist, and uh, he deserves it. If he did what he's been alleged of, I don't want him on my team. I want the NFL to, to, to do that for me. But as I digress, uh, I, I got a, a wide receiver who can give me a little bit of depth, and I got a guy that I think can help me this year because I don't think Geis is going to. But, Jerry, you know what? We could talk about Lamar Jackson's wobbly footballs and you know Haskins really competing you know, for a chance to start and all those other stories. But we have guests. We have Frank. And Jim, and uh, we're going to tell you all about him here in just a minute. Let's uh, let's bring on some guests. Let's do it. All right, joining us now are our guests, and our, and our first guest is a, a guy that if you're on Twitter, you've probably been following for a while, and uh, you know him for his hot takes. He uh, he's Frank Scanduro, aka DHH underscore Fuego Frank, on Twitter. Frank is uh, the host of FF Champs. After Dark, it's a new podcast that'll be launching soon. He'll tell us all about it. He is the creator of the Dynasty De Degenerates League. Easy for me to say. Uh, Jerry and I are actually in the middle of uh, Degenerates 4, which we'll talk about soon. He's a Navy veteran, and that makes me damn proud to know him, especially with Memorial Day just recently behind us. And he's a master of the hot take. Please welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, Frank. Frank, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Memphis. How are you? I'm Jerry, great. Good to, good to talk to you, Jerry. Yeah, I'm actually in two Dynasty Degenerates. I'm in two and four. Don't want to brag. Just the even numbers for my man, Jerry. Well, you know, I'm in all five. Oh, so so, so, so I, I, I saw banter back and forth of, 
of, of a fifth. And I, I, I love this. I, I love when guys like you, I know John Bosch does this. Uh, JD of the Goat District is starting to do this. Dynasty Outhouse, Russ, uh, and Brian Haar. They, they, they're, uh, they're doing a lot of Trade Addicts leagues. I'm in Trade Addicts 7. So I think this is cool. I think that's a really cool way of creating leagues. And uh, those are typically leagues that last. But before we get into all of that, I want to bring in who is going to be your co-host of the FF Champs After Dark podcast, and that is Jim Day. He is at Fantasy Taz on Twitter, and uh, he is the director and senior fantasy analyst for FFChamps.com. Jim, also welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to talking some football with you. Yeah, man. It's it's startup season all around. I mean, it's all about startups and everywhere you go. And I wasn't going to change the topic because we had spoken more than a week ago about, you know, doing this show and talking about startups. But I know, Frank, you're connected to the Dynasty Happy Hour guys. That, that That's the DHH in, in your Twitter handle. Yes. And, and so, you know, on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast with all of our mutual friend Tyler Gunther, they discussed startups uh, on the Dynasty Command Center this week. They discussed startups from like an auction perspective, which I, I kind of found fascinating. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Travis May and Curtis Patrick, his co-host, but we, we weren't pivoting. I, I think now's a great time. So uh, I'll start with this. I'll start with Jim and I'll go around the horn. Jim, is this your favorite time of the year to do a startup? Yeah, I think so. Once once the NFL draft is passed, uh, I really like that. I you know I do a lot of drafting before the draft as well, but I think after the draft just makes everybody feel a little bit more comfortable with how they want to draft the rookies and get them involved. So yeah, I think you know anytime after the NFL draft to me is the best time to get a startup going. And uh, same thing to you, Frank. Uh, are, are you a May guy? Because I, I did one, not this February, but the previous February, like literally the day. After the Super Bowl, we 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 started a startup, and we had to hurry because the MFL shutdown was coming upon us. So, uh, what's your favorite time of the year? Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I just love doing startups. Um, we did, I did Trade Addicts Five this year in the beginning of February. We started, um, literally probably I think right after the Super Bowl as well. Um, and then I started the the Generates leagues after the draft. Yeah, because I've, I've really enjoyed the Degenerates League so far. It's been really interesting. Tons of trades in, in that league. Now, the, the, the Trade Addicts League that I'm in, I'm in seven, had a lot of trades, but not as many as, as ours. I mean, we're still having trades to this very second. Like, literally, before we hit record, there was a trade. Yeah, we were we were involved in it. Yeah, it was our <laughs> trade. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll talk about trades and everything in just a second. But Jerry, is this also your favorite time? Because I'll, I'll just go ahead and jump in ahead of you. It's definitely mine. It's why uh, my edition of the listener league. Yours is already a, is yours done? Yep, we actually just finished today. I, I, th- I think from, we from just... Saquon Barkley to Jason Moore, and not the Jason Moore from the uh, fantasy footballers. Not some uh, other guy. He was the last pick. Not previous guest of the show. Jason Moore and friend of Jerry's, but Jason Moore, what team does Jason, not Jason Moore, play for? Oh, you're going to have to give me a I, second. I couldn't I pick him out I of a lineup, know. but I don't want to derail this with Jason Moore talk, unless Jason was the guest again. But uh, Jerry, you're, you're a May guy? Uh, yeah, I, I like to, sometimes I like the uh, the draft pick sort of placements where you pick 101 or 201 or whatever, but I much prefer when you're picking the player. When I pick McCall Hardman. I know who I'm getting. I'm not just picking 106. So yeah. And you know, 
at this point we've gotten through rookie drafts, so our itch, you know, we we get that that itch. We got to scratch it a little bit. And then as we are aptly named Dynasty Degenerates, we got to just add on leagues. You know how many leagues I wanted to add on this offseason? Zero. You know how many I did? I don't know, half a dozen because why not? It's like it's like meth. I just I get it just keeps coming and I just got to keep doing more and more. And eventually the biker gang is going to get to me. But that being the wife, of course. But yeah, she because when she sees yet. how much money you're putting into to a dynasty league, she'll blame me. You can just blame me. But but yeah, I, I'm definitely a May guy. But I'll, I'll reference back to that one that I did in February of 2018. It really worked out to my advantage. I had, I think it was the 107 in that league, and I took DeAndre Hopkins at the 107, and on the turn in the second round, I took the 101. Well, who was the 101 in 2018? Saquon, Saquon Barkley. So I started that draft with DeAndre Hopkins and Saquon Barkley. So that in that particular case, it worked out in my favor, but I would prefer to have the rookies in there by name. Uh, to your point, a little bit more in, uh, you know, a little bit more in-depth knowledge. So. I do want to go backwards this time. Jerry, what's your what's your preferred host site? Now, I'm typically an MFL guy. I've said before that if it's not MFL or ESPN for redraft, I'm probably out. But uh, you want to talk about Sleeper a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm a person that doesn't actually care. I was sort of late to the party on MFL. Uh, like, my first league was on ESPN, which my first Dynasty League was on ESPN, and I have to do everything for it. I have to keep track of future trades with a spreadsheet and everything else, and every time anything like that, I have to let the league know. And so it was a part-time sort of a pain, job. But I, I, yeah, I didn't know you, any better. You have a part-time so, job is what, is what you're telling me. Exactly. Uh, but I like Sleeper. I like MFL. You know, for someone that has to do that with an ESPN league, I just can sit back and just enjoy everything. I like Sleeper. This, you know, we haven't really gotten into the meat and potatoes of it with the Listener League, but we're through the draft. It was easy. It was easy to trade. The one thing I don't like about it when you're trying to trade during the draft is it won't let you like it doesn't let you it doesn't say the player's name that you want to trade. So say someone's already been drafted. It says the pick number and that sort of bothers me. It's just a pain in the neck. Uh, I mean, MFL is the gold standard. That's why we all have tons of leagues on there. Uh, you know, but if you're trying to get new players in. You know, sleeper because it's free is sort of nice. The the paying for MFL is a setback, but when you have all the stuff they have, like it's understandable. Sure. And what, what about you, Frank? Now I know uh, Degenerates uh, Four, and I'm assuming all five are hosted on MFL. But uh, do you have a preference? Uh, I I only play on MFL. Um, I haven't played on Sleeper yet. Um, I I have my home league um, with my buddies from high school. We do it on NFL. And they seem like they change the app every year. It's always different. So when you go into it, you know, you got to try to f- teach yourself how to go through and navigate the app again. Uh, but MFL, with like, especially with me setting up the the degenerates leagues, I literally just hit like one button and it like duplicates everything for me. So it's just so much easier that after the first time you set it up, if you're going to do multiple leagues the same way, like Russ and Brian do with the trade acts and stuff. It's just the customizations out of this world. Nobody, they can't be beat. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and what about you, Jim? And then I'll go. Well, actually, I'm an NFL guy since the first year they started. Uh, I've been using them since forever. Um, you know, they they were the first step up from when I used to play at a, a site called Ant Sports. 
uh, way back in the day, uh, probably when you guys were <laughs> young, very much younger guys. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to say how old I am, but uh, definitely a little bit older than you guys. But, um, you know, so I've been playing it a long time. It's It's got a lot of things that I really love. I love the customization. I love the fact that you can make the league look different if you wanted to with different graphics. It gives you that option. There is no other site that gives you that option. And I love that. Uh, I love to be able to, you know, just make up different things, banners and team banners, things like that, just to snazz up a site. Plus, all the different variations they have on scoring, lineup construction, all of that stuff. That There's really nobody else who does it the way they do. Now, again, they, they still they have a couple of issues. Their live draft room is a little clunky. Um, the chat, they don't really have a good way to really chat among league mates that people actually use. Um, I, I've used Sleeper a little bit, and I like Sleeper. Sleeper is really meant for the you know the young guys that love to do all this stuff on, on the app, on their phone. And, again, I'm an old guy. I don't do much on my phone. Everything's I'll, on I'll my give computer. you that, Jim. MFL's app is horrific. Well, it's not even their app. It's a third-party app. They never right. finished. They were working on their design app uh, when, actually, their lead designer passed away. Um, and it never really seemed to get back to it. So, you know, the only app that works with MFL is a third-party app. Now, uh, again, I don't really use it that often, but the people that do say it's okay, but it's nothing special. But they do, you know, say that Sleeper's app is, is much better. Uh, yeah, and, and I will say this. I am an MFL guy. Uh, I like it. Uh, I do get to spend a fair amount of time on a computer, uh, a desktop at work, and a laptop at home when I'm doing the podcast. And, and what have you. So I do like MFL. MFL is so beautiful and clean on the, on the desktop and the laptop. Their app, I think, I think Jim nailed it. It's a little clunky, a little gross. I, I, I will say one thing for Sleeper that I love as a proponent of Dynasty. Now, I'm a guy, been playing fantasy for 20-ish years, uh, maybe not quite 20, but a long time. And one thing I love about Sleeper is that it is free. So the barrier to entry for guys that want to dabble in Dynasty is, is huge. I, I think that is great. Um, Dynasty's growing. You hear, um, I, I guess, the two biggest platforms in all of fantasy podcasting are ESPN and the Ballers, and both of them talk a, a little bit more and more Dynasty every year, especially the Ballers. So as more people play, uh, I think that's great. That And you know, maybe you graduate to MFL. I don't know. And the one last thing I'll, I'll leave with Sleeper is that the group chat is already built in. You don't have to have the app or the desktop open and a group chat on like Slack or Voxer or GroupMe or Twitter. You can do the chat right there in the league, and I find that to be so much easier. Uh, Jerry, you just wrapped up the Listener League on Sleeper. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and honestly, lots of guys, you know, sometimes people would time out because like I said you know, previously when we did this, the startup for the listener league, we had guys in Australia, we had guys in Germany. Sometimes they would time out and they, they wouldn't want me to pause it because they didn't want to slow everybody else down and easy. Just DM me real quick. Hey, you know, let me get blah, 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 whoever it is, Daniel Jones, whoever, boom, swap them out in done, move on next. But honestly, I think it's, you know, sleepers catching up sleepers doing a good job to getting their foot in the door. It's, you know, these other sites that never, like I have a Debbie league on fan tracks. 
I don't know what the hell I'm doing every time oh, I'm on it. God, we, I, oh, I am so with you on that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like just to find my team or try and trade. It's just a pain in the neck. <laughs> Flea Flicker is just Flea Flicker is fine. Not my favorite. If we're going to do a free league, I'd much prefer Sleeper. But MFL is the king. MFL is going to stay the king. You know, get your chat right. I, I don't I don't use apps. I use I, uh, I, I use the web browser on my phone. Yep, I use it's just easier for me. Yep. So, all right. So what I'm going to do, I've, I've never done this as asking a question, but it just popped in my head. So we're going to do it. So I'm going to count down backwards from a three and all at the same time, we're all going to answer. What is the ideal size for a league? Three, two, one, 12. 12. Yeah. yeah I, th I think yeah, I mean, yeah, I, close. I, I've been getting DMS from a good friend of the show, James. And guys, if you don't know James, he is a at FF pole tsunami on Twitter. This guy, whoo, he loves him a good trade pole or a pole in general. But uh, he's in a 16-man super flex tight end premium, and like some of the questions, like he's asking me, I'm like, that's just gross. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I like like his starting wide receivers because he, he literally before the show started, he sent me a DM because I you know I don't mind helping a brother out or a sister for that matter. Uh, you know he sent me a DM and he like sent me a screenshot of his team and his wide receiver one's Julio. I'm like, okay, let me some Julio. I can I can work with that. His wide receiver two is McCole Hardman. I'm like, what in the Ooh. blue hell is going Ouch. on? And it's like, hold, uh, on. He, hold on, who did you tell him to pick? I said Miles Boykin and Robert Foster. I said Robert Foster and C.J. Anderson. Okay. So we were, we're on the same page with uh, with Robert Foster. So, uh, Jim, have you had any experience in a 16 man league? Is it just too much for you, especially mm -hmm. with the tight end premium and the and the super flex? 16 team? No, I've played plenty of 16 teams. Heck, I've played 96 team leagues. Um, but. Psh. There's not many league, different league formats out there I haven't played yet. Um, I usually play, you know, up until five years ago, I was playing about 75 full season leagues a year. Um, and, most of that, <laughs> yeah, and most of those were thing. most of those were 53 man roster dynasties, um, including IDP. So, you know, last year I played in oh Christ, 146 leagues. Now, a lot of them were best ball. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I only did 36 full-time leagues last year. Everything else was best ball. Um, <laughs> That's it, though. Just just 36. I, I hear Jerry laughing, and I'm just sitting here shaking my head. I, I would, my, my head, I have nine. And I, I think with, with my, when we get the listener league fired up this week, that'll be 10, and I'm like, I, I, I don't have time for this. And I sit here and hear you talking about. Well, well the degenerate four we're doing right now is my 47th league of the year. Good for you, man. Good, good for you. Well, listen, I, we 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 can talk about the basics, but you know, because uh, we are the the people, you know, we consider ourselves the People's Dynasty Podcast. So we want to make sure that that we offer some basic advice. So right now, we're in the middle of a startup, and this is only my second league where I've had a a co captain, a co owner, if you will. So who who was the captain? Is there one of you guys that that took more of the lead? Is it fifty fifty? Do you guys discuss every pick? Oh, no, Frank's been a pain in the ass. He, he's just jamming all these <laughs> players right down my throat. Or, or do you guys trust each other to make moves independently? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how this has progressed over the last week. All right, so let's start. I'm going to start it off the proper way here. First, I'm his co-host. He's the host of FF Champs. So just to correct you from earlier, I don't want him jumping down my throat thinking I told you I was the host. I would never do that. I don't care. Um, <laughs> second off, uh. He wanted Baker, and I was okay with Baker. 
Um, I made the, I think I actually initiated the trade up to get Baker. Um, and cause he said he wanted to try to move up and see if we could grab Baker cause he was still there. Uh, and then it was also his idea to move back up and take Kelsey cause he wanted to have, we both agreed the QB and tight end in the degenerates in four, at least is the two biggest positions to get benefits at. And so he wanted the top two or his second quarterback in his top tight end. So that's what we did. Well, because Jerry and I, we noticed that. So one thing that I do in a startup, and this is just good for for veterans and and you know new players alike. One thing I do is I go into, and this is one of the things I love about MFL is a I've been on it for so long that I kind of understand how everything works. I go instantly to player stats, and I go in to see. I don't I don't ever really go directly into the scoring right away because it's usually covered in a group chat or you know as you're building you know everything up. I, I start looking at. What's uh, what's going on? And I, I went back and looked, and I started saying, like, gee, many Christmas. Uh, Kelsey in this league only scored eight less points than Patrick than uh, uh, Gurley last year. He averaged twenty eight points a game. He averaged more points per game than Zeke. And See, it, that's that's because of the the way I set it up with the two right. PPR and points per first downs. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it made sense. It made sense quickly. And it made sense. So you know, we, we're already into it. You guys talked about taking uh, Baker. You guys traded up to the 107 to take Baker. And I asked Jim before we hit record while you were, you know, dialing into the chat. Uh, I was asking him. So I, I know a lot of people love Baker. It's not just you guys. So uh, I know when when Jim sh- saw the show sheet that you know thought maybe I was picking. I'm not. A uh, good friend of you know all of ours, Shane Manella of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. He has Baker as his number two overall quarterback uh dynasty rich of the nerds same thing um He's a lot of, number two a lot of a lot of guys have baker at number two my question is is what kind of season i know it's dynasty but what kind of season are you expecting out of him in in 2019 and going forward to justify that uh i mean personally for myself i would th- i think he's gonna have close to like 4600 yards and probably 40 touchdowns maybe eight or ten interceptions. I just think he's got too many weapons, you know, to not have – not put up productive numbers. And what about you, Jim? Elaborate a little bit on what you and I and Jerry were discussing while we were uh, pre-show. Yeah, it really comes down to, you know, what do you expect from him? And right now I'm fighting with him and Mahomes as who is my number one dynasty quarterback. Um, I love them both, but Mahomes right now, if he does lose, he'll – for any serious amount of time, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be searching for weapons. I still trust Mahomes to put up nice numbers, but they're going to be searching for for weapons there. I mean, you got Kelsey, and then you know maybe Williams in the backfield or whoever they end up using in the backfield, and then it gets sketchy. I mean, Watkins, I I don't trust him as a true number one if he has to step up to a number one. Plus, he never stays healthy. So that all of that combined scares me a little bit with Mayfield. Again, on paper, this offense looks like it should be a very good offense. I expect Mayfield to put up, you know, at least top 10 numbers this year. And, you know, going forward, moving into that top five range, uh, you know, especially when, you know, over the next couple of years, when we start losing the the Brady's, the Roethlisberger's, the Breeze, you know, he's going to move right up into that top five category. I don't have any doubts of that. Um, you know, so. To me, it really was about, you know, Mahomes was off the board, so that made it a little easier in my mind. And as Frank said, you know, we had discussed it, and 
we wanted to make sure we were heavy at quarterback and tight end. And that's what we did. And we, you know, we talked about having Baker first, then Kelsey, but then we came back right back and grabbed Ertz too. So the the one thing, I mean, if you look at it between Kelsey and Ertz, we have two of the top six scoring players from last year. I don't really see them dropping down too much. Actually, I see Kurtz, I mean, Kelsey maybe getting a little bigger push because of the, the wide receiver issues. Um, Ertz, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, I don't see any reason why he doesn't put up monster numbers. So, again, it really came down to what, looking at the tight ends and the quarterbacks scoring a little bit, getting a little boost in this. Plus, it come, also came down to the fact that really the, the way the lineup is set, I only need to start one running back if if I have a good rest of the field or one wide receiver if I have a good rest of the field. And I don't really need to fall into that normal mentality, oh, I, I have to make sure I have three, four running backs each week or five, six wide receivers each week. I, I don't really need to do that when, you know, two of, two of my starters are going to be quarterback, two of my starters at least. Uh, maybe even three of my starters could be tight ends. So that's either four or five of our starting lineup right there. I just have to make the rest up with running backs and wide receivers. And I know we only have the, the two running backs on the team, but I like the wide receivers we have, especially in the dynasty. So we'll build most of that wide receiver group, and they'll be mostly our starters. And I, I don't know that I – and if I missed anybody, let me know. But, you, you again, you got Baker. You've got Kelsey. Uh, in the second, you already mentioned you took uh, Zach Ertz. That was Jerry and I's target, as a matter of yeah. fact. We were we were looking at him, and we saw him go. Uh, you didn't have a couple of picks there in the third and the fourth because you did some trading. We already mentioned that. Uh, you got Jimmy GQ, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at the 507. David Montgomery, who I know Jerry's a big fan of at the 606. I'm a very big fan of David Montgomery. Uh, you went with the Baker-Jarvis connection at 611. You got yourself a veteran, and, and I, I like this move. You got Tom Brady at the 805. Uh, Noah Fant, again, we talked about the value of tight ends in this league, and, and they're 1.75 points per reception uh, at 806. Tyler Boyd at the 812, and Dante Pettis at the 1006. So... Uh, that is your squad. You know, any, any any memorable trades that stood out outside of the Baker deal that you guys made that uh, that really felt like a home run to you? Well, we also today, uh, since I guess you put it together, that we got uh, we took Alshon and then we just traded up and took uh, Lamar Miller as well to get our second running backs. Um, going back to what Jim was talking about, if Mahomes would have been there at seven and we would have traded for that pick. I would have argued with him about taking Baker because my first quarterback in Dynasty is Jimmy G. Everybody should know that already if you if you follow me. My second's Baker and my third is Mahomes. So and I'm not gonna argue with anybody to try to take Jimmy G in the first round. Like I know he was gonna be there in, in round I've done enough of them this year that to know I can take him in round four or five uh, and still get him. So I would have argued with with Jim till I was blue in the face about taking Baker over Mahomes, which I don't know how much argument would have took. Because I know his stance on on Hill and everything um, being out, or possibly being out, uh, but we built pretty much built the team around our quarterbacks and our tight ends. We're banking on Noah Fant, you know, jumping into the top ten of the tight end position. Um, we got Tom for bye weeks and usable for the next year or two until he retires, and then we can pick up a, a younger guy in a trade or through the draft later. Uh, and then we're just like, like he said, we got Jarvis and Boyd and Pettis, who I think 
will be our top three starters. And Alshon will obviously probably start for us as well. And then we'll just alternate between Montgomery and Lamar Miller for the time being. I'm a huge yeah, fan I'm not of so uh, sure about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tyler Boyd <laughs> at eight twelve and Dante Pettis in the tenth. Yeah, I like both of those guys, especially in dynasty startups. Two good young wide receivers. I really like them uh, a lot going forward. Um, he he made the jump on Boyd when I wasn't around, and I jumped on Pettis before I even talked to him. Um, it, you know, he he made the move up, and I just jumped in and grabbed Pettis before he could say a word. So you know, that was me taking my end after he took his end. Well, well, you know, it sounds like you guys, you know, a little 50-50, little discussion. And I think the earlier that you start, you have to have more conversations because the picks mean so much more. But it sounds like you guys have a lot of trust and you guys uh, trusted each other to move independently. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I, I made the trade to move us up to A12, I think it was. And it was like 11.45 at night. Everybody was like wanting me to make the pick after I made the trade because it had already been on the clock for like five hours. And I, I hit him up. I tried to DM him, and he didn't answer. And I waited like half an hour, and I was, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna take Boyd, and I'll deal with Jim tomorrow if he's pissed. And he, he woke up and DM me back and said he enjoyed it. And then six hours later, I'm looking at my phone. And I'm like, looking at the email come through, and it says we selected Dante Pettis. And I'm like, okay. Well, good to go. <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and I'll get into our team a little bit and our thing. So so Jerry asked me if I wanted to join him in this venture of degenerates for and I was you know excited I, I love it when uh, especially when I can mix in with uh you know I, I like the podcasters leagues with the hardcore veteran players and I, I like playing with with newer players I, I'm looking forward to our listener league I know some of the listener league members have you know this is going to be their first foray into dynasty so uh that doesn't matter I just like to play in uh Shane Manella Shane's a good friend of, of mine outside of dynasty and everything else and he and I talk about startup season with it being like uh, like having kids, the best part of them is making them, and <laughs> it, it and it's true. But but once you once you've created that that dynasty roster, and more importantly, if you create a kid, take care of it because that's that's that that, that <laughs> you don't that, just that, lock them in cages. No, you, you absolutely not, Jerry. That's it. That's oh, for, crap. Just Hold forget, on, I'll be right back. <laughs> just forget about them until August. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no. Oh shit, I got to do some actual work around here. You you got you got to uh, you got to take care of them, and, and you you got to you know build them up and watch them grow and and, and watch them become successful. So uh, it was a great time to hang out with Jerry and really kind of, you know, I think it's going to help our podcast more, more so than anything else. But we went to Sean Watson. We traded out of the first. Uh, we, we actually drafted Alvin Kamara at the 104. And I knew it. I, I called it uh, in the in the group chat. I didn't kill his action. I, I let him make the pick. And then I, I knew he was trying to get Alvin Kamara. And that's Mike Sipes and Shane of the Dynasty Trades HQ. Sipes, not the entire HQ team, is in Trade Addict 7. He did the exact same thing. He traded up to get Chris McCaffrey. He traded up to get Alvin Kamara. That's his stack. So I didn't mind doing it. We got a nice haul. We got his. We got their second I know, pick. I wanted to snap that haul, and you didn't respond right away. And I was like, Brandy, just. I, I was like, I was like, so we're gonna get like their fourth overall pick, which was like like the four hundred two or four hundred four, whatever. So I'm like, we're getting like a top 40, 45 ish player, and you know th this other pick, and their twenty twenty first. I'm like, Jerry's like, just take the trade. <laughs> I was You're killing I'm me. Just, just snap it, you asshole. Come on. We uh, so we wound up with Deshaun. <laughs> we, we we wound up with Deshaun Watson because so by the time we got to pick, uh, a lot of the quarterbacks that I was hoping was obviously I wanted Andrew Luck being the Colts homer that I am. But but once you guys uh, started, you guys didn't start it because 
Mahomes went first, but then you guys took Baker, and and then there went Luck. But uh, I jumped on who was you know one of my top five quarterbacks, and Jerry agreed was Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I, I love Watson. I know he's got to stay healthy, but man, I love him too. He he he's my fifth. So I I think I have him four, but yeah, he's right there in that. And then we took Melvin Gordon at the two eleven. Melvin Gordon, we talked earlier in the news segment about you know Todd Gurley falling. I this is the second draft where I've almost gotten Melvin Gordon. In the third, in trade attic seven, I got him at like the three hundred two. In this league, I, I got him at the two eleven. I I know he's you know in a contract year. I know he's missed games, but man, that yeah, guy I, he was the RB one. Yeah, leading up to that, you know, it was like okay, let's go Watson and we'll go Melvin Gordon. And Watson fell. Melvin Gordon's sitting there, and Randy's texting me, and he's like. You know, did something happen to Melvin Gordon and I just don't know it? And I just I go, well, <laughs> I picked him, so if he did, then we're both done. I was like, did 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 they pin the Zeke rap on him at the EDC? What's going on? I'm, I'm yeah, like, I, like but, I, I haven't heard anything, and I was like, well, I haven't either, and I already picked him. So, and then uh, I I got the guy, and th- this is a guy I've been on for a while, but I got we got Wentz at 304, and Jerry agreed. Man, he, he's my guy. I, mean, I think people forget that he was on a MVP pace until he blew out his ACL. He's a full year removed from that. Plus, uh, Lewis Riddick of ESPN has predicted him to be the 2019 MVP. I love the additions to that offense. I love uh, Goddard in year two. They brought back Deshaun Jackson. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They drafted Jerry's man crush, Miles Sanders. Just so many more weapons. I'm really excited for Wentz. uh, But we had to go wide receiver. We went Keenan Allen at the 308. Marlon Mack of my Colts at the 411. Kenny Galladay, I wasn't sold, but this was a, a draft. I was surprised you went Kenny Galladay. When you said, you know, I'm a Lions fan, and I'm a sucker for Lions well, well, because well, well, Lions fans are suckers. But, you know, when he suggested I was like, oh, yeah, we'll go Kenny. I like Kenny. Because I, I, I do think Stafford's going to have a little bounce back. The people in Detroit are ready to set the man on fire. I am not one of those people. I think I think Kenny I think the Lions in general are being deeply discounted this year, um, based solely off 2019. But go back and look at the rest of Matthew Stafford's career. I mean, this guy has been you know 4,520 plus touchdowns, like eight of the last nine years. Yeah, and but I, most of that time was when he didn't really have a running attack, and they were throwing the ball all over the field. So the last couple of years, we've seen him come down because they've tried to establish that run. But you're right. I, I'm with you. I think they bounced back a little bit more towards the pass. I mean, they did come out and say, oh, yeah, we're a run first team, yada, yada. But, you know, ultimately, that if that was the case, you don't go out and spend an eighth pick on a tight end if you're not going to use him. You don't give up that kind of draft capital for a guy if he's not going to be a major part of your offense. Now, I know part of that is blocking. Absolutely. The man could block all over the field, and that helps. But, you know, you're not going to not get him the ball in passing offense. So I'm with you. I, I think this passing offense takes a little bounce back this year. And wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They drafted They drafted Ebron and never yeah, used but, him. Yeah, but Ebron was, a, is, was not as good as Hawkinson is now. Yeah, he's still not getting the snap share. We're, we're heading toward Hawk. Uh, Jerry, jump in. One thing I like about the Lions is that they have the worst defense in the NFC North, and they're going to have to keep up with the Bears, they're going to have to keep up with the Packers, and they're going to keep up with the Vikings. So when you're trailing, you got to put the ball in the air. So um, I, I think they want to establish the run, and I want my hair to grow back. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see who gets lucky first. We took Jerry. So we got real lucky. This is one of the few picks where I don't think 
uh, we got sniped. We got sniped a lot in this draft, but that's what happens when you play with a bunch of sharps. Uh, Miles Sanders, he was right there on a tear break. Jerry is a huge fan. Jerry, tell us about Miles Sanders at 609. Yeah, I, like you said, it was a tear break. You know, there was a couple of guys that we really wanted. And listen, like I said earlier about Randy and his due diligence, Randy makes me give him a list of the players that he wants and the order in which he wants them. And then he sends me his, and then we match it up accordingly. When I tell you this man is intricate, I promise you this man is intricate. And Miles Sanders lined up for us. And, you know, I think he's explosive. I think Jordan Howard's going to have a role. I'm not, you know, stupid enough to think he's not. They brought him in for a reason. But he's not the guy of the future. And I like me some Miles Sanders because he is so versatile. And to take a page out of yeah, Jim's book. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let, sure, let, go let's ahead. take a step back a little bit here. Look, I agree with you. I, Miles Sanders is going to be a good all-around back. But there's still a couple of items he needs to work on. And one of those things is pass protection. You know, he he has some issues identifying, you know, which hole he has to hit if there's, a you know, somebody coming through from, from the back, from the secondary. You know, he, he's got to work on that a little bit. And – my problem with that is we've seen too many good rookie running backs not get as much time as people expected in their rookie seasons because of that. And that that's what scares me. For me, him and Montgomery are like right next to each other. But I give Montgomery just that slight edge because I think he can do all of that stuff now. Jim? I'm not going to disagree with you. I, no, I like not, not one better. bit. But but based on the format of this league and the way it sets up with the flexes and everything, knowing that we already had Melvin and Mac, uh, I, I felt fine because I, I think Miles will grow. Obviously, Howard's going to be there. And in the sake of time, I'll speed this up. Bob Woods, we took Robert Woods at the 704. Um, I mean, if I'm going to take a wide receiver in a mediocre offense, I'd sure like to have my wide receiver three in a really good one. So I took Bob Woods. Uh, we did take Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson's the best combination of – receiving tight end and blocking tight end we've had in a long time and and we I, knew tight ends were big and, and, and we and, had we had not gotten one so we knew we had to take one it didn't and he's you know hawk hawk hawking on heaven's door baby well i'll say this i'll say this we we took montgomery david montgomery at the 606 and we were debating between him and sanders and then we tried to trade up with y'all to take sanders after at 608 and y'all said, no, you, you know, you had the, I think Randy, you were the one that told me like, yeah, we got the last guy we want, like in our little tier. And then you drafted him and I'm like, God, this son of a, you know. <laughs> and and that, that's what I, I, we actually traded up and it may have been with you guys or someone else. We traded up to get Hawkinson. And then the one pick that I was surprised I made this early, but I like him. If you listen to the show recently, you know, I've been on Daniel Jones. I think smart people get into Duke. I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for. Uh, I've seen his head coach, Pat Shermer, develop other you know quarterbacks over the, the years. Even if he sits a year, I was fine taking Daniel Jones. Like I said, we got two studs already in Watson and Wentz, so I can let him develop. And if someone wants to you know snake Eli in front of me to lean on him for a year, cool, because you're going to burn a draft pick. We took Royce Freeman, another wide – excuse me, another running back that I like. And then Jared Cook. We talked about Jared Cook in the new segment. He's our super bridge. He's our super bridge to Hawkinson if he doesn't get off to a, a gangbuster rookie season, which won't surprise me. Rookies don't 
typically, but Jared Cook's already drawing rave reviews, coming off of a career year in Oakland of all places. And New Orleans needs a third option behind Kamara, behind Michael Thomas. They need someone to, to give Drew Brees an extra target. So um, that's where we're at. We're actually one off the clock. Um, we're on deck, if you will. We were hoping to make a live pick. But from our strategy, it was very 50-50. I am very anal retentive about my drafts. One thing I will always do, and I don't do it because I give a rat's ass about his overall rankings, but I always, 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 always print Mike Clay's top 240 for Dynasty because I can sit there in the margins because I'm old and I like printing things and writing things down. And it has the age of every player. And I'm not an A-just but I like to know. I, I just, I like it. Yeah, it's, how could you not? How it's, could it, you not want to know? It's a clean, it's a clean little document. Um, I can keep it, you know, in my portfolio that I take to work with me so I can, you know, keep track of this. And it's just fun. That, that That's how I, you know, came up. And I know, Jim, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you did the same thing. You had draft sheets and you took notes and... I still do. That's half the fun for me, man. So, <laughs> so I, I literally have notebooks all around here all around my chair that all have different notes in them. You know, one is set for IDP leagues. One is set for dynasty. One is set for redraft. One is set for best ball. And they all have different notes alluding to those type of leagues. Well, I'm going to go around the horn real quick. And I want you guys to throw out your best startup tip or strategy that you'd like to share, especially for any of those newer listeners. And by the way, thank you to all you people. We, we get more of the, the pod bean New subscribers, Apple doesn't send send us that alert, but thank you to all the new listeners, and we, we really appreciate it, and I'm going to let these guys tell you about their podcast here in just a second, but throw us out your best tip. If we got a new Dynasty listener out there, what's your best tip? And I'll start with Jim, then Frank, then Jerry. Well, my best tip is simple. Don't get enamored with the rookies in a startup draft. They're, you know, Carefully placed, absolutely. I just know there's too many people out there that all they want to grab in a startup draft is the rookies. And that's just a mistake. Don't be afraid to take players that are a little bit later in age. When I'm looking at a dynasty, I'll tell you the truth. I'm looking at three years out. Any longer than that is just ludicrous to me. If I can picture a player being on the field most of the time for at least the next three years and being productive, I don't care what their age is. Um, so you you got to throw a little bit. If you want to play in a startup and be a contender now as well in the future, you have to mix up your age. You have to get some good young players, but you also have to get some good established veterans. I, I like it. Frank, uh, what, what, what's your best tip or strategy? Uh, my best tip or strategy is to go get the guy you want. If you're in a dynasty startup, even if you're in round one, like we were talking about Sipes before, always trying to get the guys he wants. He wants to build a team around CMC and Kamara. He did it. Like, who cares what you, what capital in the future you have to give up? Build your team now. You're playing this season. You're trying to win this season. I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, here's my league fee. I'm just going to pay it so I can stay in this league and hopefully win it in two years. Go get the guys you want. Go build a team that you want to win now. Building for the future is fun in some situations, you know, especially if, if you get injuries midseason, I would say is the easiest way to, to build for future. But in a startup draft, go get the guys you want to build a team to win now. See, I didn't pick. I was going to, I thought you were going to pick the one where you were going to say just partner up with Jim Day. 
Just partner up with Jim Day at Fantasy Taz. Tag him in. in, in All in you your gotta start, do. Tag him in your startup questions. He'll he'll hit you back. Uh, before so, before I throw so, it to Jerry real quick, um, one one thing is you mentioned get your guy. I will say this: we we Jerry and I have a league mate in the goat leagues named uh, Sean. Sean is a great guy. He's at I think Dynasty Goat, if I remember correctly. He he does some stuff in the the dynasty landscape. And he's a big Baker Mayfield guy. He's a Cleveland sports guy, uh, you know, to, to his very soul. And in one league, he, he self-admitted in the Superflex that he overpaid to get Baker. I don't have a problem with that. Part of, now, you can't do it a bunch. You can't have, just like you can't have a bunch of knuckleheads on your team. You can't, you can't roster Zeke and Leonard Fournette and you know, Tyreek Hill and all those guys because it'll come back to bite you. But you know what? If you want to overpay for one guy because he's your favorite player, I don't have any problem with that. You know, it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to do it. And my tip, and I'll let Jerry wrap it up. Uh, my, my tip is have a have a sheet, whether you do it on the notes section of your phone, whether you do it like on a piece of paper like me or like Jim. Take notes. Take copious notes. Write things down. Um, don't, don't miss a player. And something I've, I've been forcing Jerry to do, and he's mentioned a couple of times, is if we're five picks out, I'm sending you a list of six names. Why six names? Because that way, when we go on the clock, if like the, the guy we really, really wanted gets taken in front of us, we're not going to tilt draft someone that maybe we shouldn't because we had a plan. That pick was coming up. We knew that pick was five out. So here's our list. Here's what we're doing. And Jerry, do you think we've tilt picked at all? And then no. give us your tip. Not at all. Uh, like I said, I have never been more prepared for a draft than this one because Randy makes sure I am. Uh, I'm a guy that likes to wing it. So, you know, that's what I do. I'm a gambler, gambler at heart, gambler from my head to my toes. My thing with drafting that I can give you is just understand tiers and understand runs that are coming. You know, if you don't have a quarterback yet and you're playing in a super flex league and you're in the third round and four or five are gone and you think you're going to pass on them, even if there's a guy that you love, that running back is still sitting there but you don't have a quarterback, you still will likely need to take a quarterback because when it flips back around and you're 22 picks later and you're looking at Joe Flacco, you're not going to win games. Not uh, now Joe you'll, Flacco. Get, you, you'll, get, you'll get that first pick you know, next year, so maybe you can get Tua. And yeah, that's but we traded good. that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, see, that's another thing, though. Use those picks because like what Jim was saying, you got, you got three years. Try, try and win now. And you can use those picks because, listen, people are going to tell you about 2021st until they're blue in the face. But there is a 50% hit rate on rookies in the I first can't round. Wait, Jerry, I can't wait till half of these dudes are like, I'm going to stay in college this year. And, and then that, all these 2020 picks are just worthless and they wasted a whole fantasy season. You know, And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's those, those are the unpredictable, and you're banking on the unpredictable, and that's a horrible dreadful strategy I, I think that's a great way to put it you still have to hit it's what's one thing it's you know if if you're confident in yourself like i'm confident like in 2019 i i think i've hit, I've hit some home runs but listen this one's running just a hair long but i, I want to go to frank and then throw it to jim please tell us about your new podcast where they can find it where they can find you on twitter and everything you would want the dynasty wars easy for me to say the dynasty <laughs> war zone listeners to uh, know about you guys well, the new podcast, uh, FF Champs After Dark, is going to be you know, myself, Frank, and also Andy, Andy Singleton, uh, People's Pen, 
Peoples with a Z pen on uh, Twitter does a lot of great work. Uh, has beyondtheboxscore.com is his site. Um, you know, we, we just, these are guys that I know from Twitter. I've done a couple shows with Frank. I've done a couple shows with Andy. I think they broke, both bring a lot of good things to the table. So figure the three of us, give us a nice start. We'll get some good guests. Um, you know, it's going to be a late show on a Friday night. Give us a little chance during the season, talk about Thursday night games and then lead into Sunday night, uh, Sunday games um, along that line. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, an hour long podcast each and every week, uh, probably about an hour, maybe a little over sometimes, but uh, you know, I expect, I hope it to be a strong podcast. I, I think we're all opinionated guys. I think it's going to get quite rowdy at times as we yell at each other. And I'm quite looking forward to that. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. So uh, that, that was news to me. I did not know Andy was part of the group. Now I'm even more excited because not only is Andy a good football mind, he's a really good baseball. If you're a baseball dynasty or a baseball fantasy guy, make sure you check him out, out at Peoples with a Z pin. And then Frank, what do you want to share with these fine, fine folks? Uh, just where you can find me. And uh, I mean, I already got people asking me to start up Dynasty Degenerate 6. And I don't even have five filled yet, you know. Um, apparently, it's it's taken off more than I thought it was going to. Um, and that's why I've started the fifth one now. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, to starting the podcast with Jim. Um, I've been looking to try to get into my own little podcast for a while. I love coming on him. Um, and I kind of want to take – I'm going to take this podcast opportunity to expand myself um i don't i love being the hot take guy and that's what i grew all my followers from but i think everybody when they start watching this show they're gonna see a different side of me um you know being able to spit out numbers and stats hopefully on a regular basis and not just be the the hot take guru um so i'm I'm looking forward to people seeing a different side of me and and being able to to argue back and forth with jim and i do have one thing to say Randy, you would love to have Jim as your co-host because when you tell him, hey, I just traded for this pick, these are my top three, and he tells you, go ahead, whichever one you want. Makes it easy. <laughs> well, th- that is good, and I- I'm looking forward to this podcast as-, as much as anybody. Jerry, anything for these fine athletes before we go home? No, thanks for the invite into the Dynasty Generates 2 and 4. Jim, Jim is one of the funny guys in the chat. You Absolutely. Know, he, he takes it easy, but he he's a little spitfire that you are just not ready for in the chat. These guys are awesome. I so- like to have fun with it. That's the whole thing. You mentioned it before. It's supposed to be fun. I like to have fun with it. Can I can I mention just two other quick things? Sure. Fast? Fire away. It, this new podcast is actually part of a whole new network that we're putting together, the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And we're already up to eight hours of programming a week. Uh, and I'm already in talks with three to four other shows over the next couple of days that I, I'm hoping will join us. So I'm hoping by, by the end of next week, we're looking at having anywhere from 12 to 15 hours of podcasts a week that we're going to be throwing out there and, you know, in everybody's face everywhere we can. Uh, also, I, I have a, a an experts two quarterback draft going right now uh, with some of the biggest names in the industry on my fantasy league. I, uh, we got Matt Berry, we got Mike Clay, we got Sigmund Bloom, Evan Silva, uh, John Paulson, Matt Harmon, Liz Loza, um, you know, Dr. Hey, Roto. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty huge. I, I mean, as they all started saying yes, I almost had to kick myself out of the league um, just because these guys are so big and so strong. And uh, between all of the 
the 12 people in the league, there's 1.76 million Twitter followers amongst us. Um, so it, it, it's it's pretty fun. It's going now. We're, uh, we're, we're just getting close to tying up the second round of a 24-round, uh, like I said, two-quarterback league. So it, it's real fun. Uh, you can follow it on Twitter with the hashtag 2QBFF. All right, make sure you check that out. So uh, I am at DFF Memphis. He is at DF. What are, where are you at again? I always forget. He's at Jerry Sin DFF. I know yeah, this. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do I do I butcher That's the? That's okay. Ad? We've only been doing this. I'm for not. A year. I'm not it's editing. Fine. It's late. It's uh. It's it's got to get the show you, on the you road. You can find so. me at Jerry Sin DFF or at Dynasty Warzone. Our favorite podcast. Yep. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram as well. And remember, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys.